Hello, I am Mariano Gutierrez Alarcón and welcome to the second season of the 12th Man Academy, the show that asks the questions we believe the fans want to know about football. Joining me for this second season is well-known and passionate manager Gus Poyet and our voice of the fans, long-suffering supporter Stephen Brown. Together, we will get inside the pitch and hope to answer your doubts about managing at the top end of the game while we get the inside track of being a top-level football manager. In each episode, we continue trying to get a better understanding of the thoughts, the decision-making and philosophies of top-level coach, from picking a club captain to tactics and team identity. So strap in and join us to the 12th Man Academy as we explore the world of football and connect the fans to the managers like never before. Hello guys, welcome back after break, three weeks break. How are you doing? Very well, Mariano, Steven. Nice to see you both. Hi, fellas. Good to see you again. Our introductions are always brief and concise. They are <laughs> better, better, better like that than too long. Come on, we have a good topic today. Nice okay, topic. yes. Steven and I, we were chatting in our long-suffering Spurs journey. He, he came up with a nice article coming from a research from Sky, uh, and I was thinking after more than 20 episodes that we've been recording, it's time to go back to the origin, to the what's, the why's, and the how's. And always we thought this as a podcast for the fans, for understanding football, for knowing football from the inside, from with professional knowledge, with the hard knowledge of a fan. The, the interesting part of the article that we read is categorize three types of fans. One club fan, which is a kind of an old-fashioned fan, which is choose your club and that's for the rest of your life. You may change wives, but you never change your club. Mm. It's an old-fashioned way of feeling football. Then is the stato, which is someone who is obsessed with the stats and how do they play, how much time they have the balls and corners and numbers and records and blah, blah, blah. And then another thing that's arising lately is the, the game changer as people and youngsters are more following players than clubs. Mostly they're talking about the players they are socially aware of things, that they are helping to change social conscience about social matters like what Rashford and the, the scheme that uh, happens with the lunch uh, at schools. And this episode uh, is for you fans and it's opening the door for you to contact us because we want to talk about what it is to be a fan. We have a Spurs Long Life Suffering supporter here. That's... <laughs> That's our start. That's me, not Gus, right? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are hoping to open this up to many, many clubs. Also to send you questions from the professional side. If he can, if you guys can take your role as, as a manager out and the professional mm -hmm. one and mm -hmm. start telling us what type of fan are you when you are a football fan, if you can. Me, I um, yeah, I'm a club fan. No one club. I got a tendency to follow the the teams I I did play or I did manage. I'm not saying a fanatic fan, but I I follow all these clubs, the results, and try to know. Sometimes it's difficult, obviously, with China, Chile, but the rest, most of the Europeans, I I follow a lot. I don't know the players. I, I have to be honest. I don't know, you know, like the first eleven or most of the players, but I I do follow the results. So I'm, I'm kind of a follower of, of the teams that I, I've been part. I think that something is there. It's a relationship. Now, my question first is to Steven. Which kind of fan are you? I'm a lifer. Ah, 
I'm a lifer. One club forever. Can't change it as much as uh, it, you know. Anything, no your club. Yes, exactly. It changed anything <laughs> except my club. That's it. That's the rules. I mean, that is the rules of football when I started following. I've followed Spurs since 1982. So I was seven. Through many downs, couple of ups, and I still believe. And that's the thing. We believe till the end. And it's our club. And I think them, as we looked at all the changes that have happened recently, and we now have our club in, in a way, but nothing's changed. Still the same board, still the same people running the club, but something shifted. And that's just the effect of enjoying football. That's the big True. difference. True. Me, I, I, when I was young, I would say I, I was thinking I would be one, one club fan uh, in Uruguay. I was supporting Peñarol. I was going to the stadium. I was going to the main stand where the fans were. I was suffering. Then, because I played for River Plate, River Plate from Uruguay, not Argentina, the, the game against the big two clubs, Peñarol Nacional, that were the bigger game for us. If you play well those games, you will get recognition. So you lose that fanatism. If you tell me Peñarol Nacional, I say Peñarol for sure, but and as no uh, as fanatic as maybe you are. But I like that. I think I think one club supporter is the, is the one that everybody wants to to see. This new generation of supporting players. Uh, it, it, for me, it's not a f- football fan. It's a person fan. It's a professional person fan because you know it's not the same. You you, you follow Messi in Barcelona that you follow Messi in Paris Saint Germain, or not you follow Messi in Inter Miami. It's not, it's not the same football. It's not the same quality. It's not the same level. Okay, I understand that they prefer Messi or Ronaldo on top of the rest. But you know what they say: the players go past the chairmen, the presidents, the coaches. And the ones that stay always is the fans. And that, that is the meaning. Yeah, for, me. I, I, for me, probably over the episodes, that you will realize that probably I'm more into a more analytical side of things. But <laughs> my age also <laughs> makes me a one, one club fan, the lifer. But I have to say, I'm originally from Argentina. Everybody, everybody who heard us knows that. My club in Argentina is Huracan. Uh, probably I would like to highlight the, the relationship with my club was through a friend of my dad, because I was from Huracan in a San Lorenzo family, which is more or less saying yes, I was a first fan in an Arsenal family. So, yeah. so, That's me. <laughs> <laughs> there is always someone. And then you, you get to the emotional side, the, the link to the club is, is, is a kind of an emotional, not necessarily football-related thing. It's not because the way they play or because they won 20 caps in a row. It's just because it was a sort of a step-grandfather that I have, that I love him very much. Uh, we are all like that, eh? Mariano, we are most, except special ones, yeah. I can understand now you, you, you have a relation, an emotional relation with each club. That explains how yeah. you follow every each club that you have, you've been involved with. And also being in different countries, because to yeah, be honest, right. I become more in love with the game and in our friendship because I, I start to understand better the game. And that suits me better because I'm more this kind of analytical guy that if I can see something and it can be, it can be explained, I, I, I enjoy it more. So basically, I'm a bit of a mixture of a fan in that in that regard. Look, I'm going to start with a very difficult question for Stephen, and and this is also for to all the fans that are listening. If somebody wants to to participate, and I don't know if you're going to be able to say exactly the type of fan you are, okay? But sometimes I like to ask the fans because the fans, for me, like anything in life, you you, you change a little bit on, on depending on the emotions. 
But do you do you think you are a fan on on, on playing in a certain way and enjoying the game or in the result business? I know that perfection will be both, but when it doesn't, okay, when it's not possible, what is your result preference? or identity? Yeah, market identity enjoyment, because identity could be a bad identity, but as a result or or enjoyment of watching the game, the the, the, the your team playing the way you like. I think it's gone through different emotions with that. I think now it's about the enjoyment, you know, before when now, I was... Now, sorry to interrupt you, that's because what happened with the previous coach? Yeah, yeah, that's influenced yes. it, yes. yes. Okay. Also, also the fact of where we are as a club. So yeah. what, what are we if We're not here. We can't take on City at the yeah. moment, you know, will we ever, you know, just this, well, might as well just enjoy it. And but I had phases when I was younger. Office, you know, you go into the office, you've lost again, laughing at you. You walk in, all of that happens. I just want to win, just want to win. <laughs> and then it, you get to a point where I remember when we got George Graham as coach. That changed for me because that fo football, the Arsenal way that he had, actually the discipline of defense over attack. It was that thing. Of, okay, let's see what happens here. This might we might win something. Let's see. It wasn't bad football. But, you know, it wasn't the same football as I watched under Terry Venables or when yeah. I started going to the games as a, a teenager. Or it wasn't the same as watching some of the football under Hoddle when you were playing there. Sure. Or even now under Ange. But I think the shift back to enjoyment is due to Mourinho and Conte. <laughs> well, no, no, but that's important because I, I try to say to the fans, normally, when you have a coach that makes most of the fans enjoy the kind of football they play. If you're given enough time and enough tools, which means what you are missing, because for sure something is always missing, normally that takes your results. The problem is when you cannot wait. And when when the period, call him two years or three years, or Pochettino, five years, it becomes, now we need to win because there is always a limit. He said, okay, we're playing well. We join it. We're giving him some uh, tools. He keep doing well. He keep like entertaining. He keep entertaining. Okay, now we have four years entertainment. Come on, let's win now. And then you don't win and you're out. And then the replacement doesn't take you back to the enjoyment. Maybe take you to the boring part. So now you're saying, okay, now I want to win because enjoy. We are not going to enjoy. And then there is a time that you say, no, I cannot watch this anymore. And that's that's the I think that is in my opinion is what happens. You are always in that situation where you want to enjoy, but then it's a moment you want to win. And because you're going to win, it's coming someone who is more than a winner that an enjoyment to watch. And you go back, and then you go up, and then you go back. And those cycles doesn't allow the person that you should, for me. For me, it was Pochettino. Pochettino was a man just to stay and change it. And there were players that they, they were getting to the limit of uh, their level, and then they should be changed. And that the club had another opinion, you know, like it was holding. And that has been proven by all the changes. Because if you say to me that after Pochettino, somebody came and went bang, then, okay, fair enough. The problem was Pochettino. But if it was one, two, three, four, and you need to wait five coaches with completely, nearly completely different team to be able to do more or less the same, then it shows that maybe the one who was right, it was Pochettino for me as a coach. I'm not trying to defend him here. The, the coaches' union, but I'll say for you, for fans. But I think it's a thing when you, you can sort of deal with... Boring football, shall we say, if you're winning. When you're not winning, and it's the same okay. thing. It's every... Oh, my God. It's but so there's hard. a difference. Stephen, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoyment football, not winning, 
it can go a little bit longer. Yeah, we can say four or five years. Uh, winning, boring. As soon as you don't, it's shorter. You know, like no, but enough is enough. That's a situation that I would like. The next question to the fans is: Do you really want your chairman to come down and send the message clear to everybody? Yeah, that clear. is clear. Yeah, clear. Clear. clear means okay. Pochettino is gone, and the replacement is in because of this, this, and this. Yeah, that's clear. expected. It's expected, but do you yeah. get it every time? Well, no, you get the nice fluffy press statement, then the chairman or the chief exec disappears back into the building, and then that's it. You just get on with it. And unfortunately, the coach has to deal with everything, every aspect, whereas no one else answers for anything except the manager slash coach. He's the one who's in front of everyone. He has to put up with the stupid questions. I mean, some of the questions that are, you hear in press conferences now are just ridiculous. And you just know what we ask? Know what we ask? We ask for football questions. And unfortunately, nine out of ten questions in the press conference that are about something else. Yeah, if you look now, there have been a devil's advocate on that. I hear some some press conferences as well, and they come with football questions. And sometimes, most of the times, managers. Avoid to answer that question. Uh, they avoid because they're hiding something. Now, I, one one thing is, wait, wait, Mariano. One thing is not to say there are things that you cannot say. Uh, why did you change this player and put this player on? And you cannot say, oh, I changed him because he was making the team worse. With him on the pitch, we were terrible. Like we talk about certain players that they get tired and you need to change it. You can say, oh, I changed him because he looked tired to me. He was, you know, not the same level, and that's it. Now the reality is, it's killing us. Now you you won't get a coach saying, <laughs> no. "No, I changed him because he was killing us." It's impossible. But we no. we had that recently. Troy Deeney, Troy Deeney, with Forest Green. Ah, he yes. got he got a sack because he spoke the truth. He was not good enough. He was not good enough. He was not good enough. And he's in six. He was what six days. He was, he was in really short time sacked for speaking his mind. Me, I will never do that. But but what I mean about football, Mariano is. What did you set up the team this way? Or what did you, if you started well the game? Because that's, that's an analysis. Look, there is game that I set up the team and the team goes in. And I'm sure that after 10 minutes, all the supporters, they say, good decision from the coach. The team is this one. And then after 25 minutes, you consider goal. And after 35, you consider another one. And you're a disaster. And 15 minutes ago, it was the right team, the right way to play the game. But that is football. And, and the problem is when you change that dramatically to it's good, it's bad. The coaches, they are the same. Pochettino now, today, is a better coach than when he was at Tottenham because he went through different experiences. Now, he got a different team, responsibility, and different objectives, where maybe somewhere else you can get away with it. That's the situation. But the rest is a better coach. But that doesn't mean that the team is playing better than when he was a spare because you connected. But let's go back to the fans. Steven, are you a, a long kind of a fan or more of, of a group that you get together previous to the games and, you know, you, you go together? I'm not saying. I would say the pub because it's typically in England. But are you yeah, the, the... I, I started off going with friends and then everyone drifted away when, you know, different lives changed. And I ended up going on my own. It just it was a matter of, of just being there in that stadium every other Saturday to see Tottenham. Come rain, shine, whatever. So it kind of, kind of making the new mates that they are sitting around you, more or less. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's where, your... you, that's where you learn. That's why we're sat on this now because of those people sat around you that you start talking to, <laughs> and you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs> For us, what is important is that we know that you go fifty thousand people different that they live football differently, that they like different things. And that it's impossible to convince them all. 
because convincing more means play an incredible offensive football, very attractive football and winning trophies. And that's only for the top. And even then, sometimes you have a problem, you know, like Mourinho had a Real Madrid, Ancelotti had a Real Madrid, or so many people, Pellegrini had a Real Madrid. You will play fantastic, blah, blah, blah. But then when you don't win, you know, because the level take you there. I would like the fans as well now to think about in the other way. I'm not saying to put yourself in the situation of the manager, but to think that you are one of the 40,000 coaches that they are sitting in the stadium. Because you are all coaches. You know, I, I'm sure you go on the pitch and I can ask you, Mariano, which is your... Let's go for you, Stephen, first. Your best two picks to play in midfield with uh, Tottenham now. Now, Madison. If you had to pick two in Bissuna midfield. and Madison. Madison and Madison. Mariano? Depending on the whole... See, I would say Ventancuri... Well, you know, what, what I mean is, okay, if you play three, I can help you both. But if I play with two, then I already got a problem with one of you. Because one of you is not happy. Now, why he play him and not him? And then you go the next one, which is another player. And he's another defender. And he's the shape. And he's the defending high or defending too deep. Or taking the corner, taking the corner short, not putting in the box. How many people in the stadium now that they say, put the ball in the box? It's like we are in 1970. But we talked coaching. about that before. My they listen, they, never, do, never take a short corner. What they is they the listen point? to us. They listen to what us. What is the yeah. point of a short corner? Okay. Well, the, the idea is all those situations, the, the manager is only focusing on what he got in front of him and why he thinks it's better for that team in that game. He cannot be thinking about the 40,000 people. More and more, we understand that you have 40,000 people that want similar things, but in general, but individually, you go all different. Tell me, Mariana. Okay, yes. And, and I'm thinking about the type of fun. These are the three they find in this research uh, sky, which is fine. It's the starting point. So the question to you, which extends to any fan uh, listening this, is do you have any other type of fun? from a fan point of view, but as a manager also, you, you have dealt with lots of fans outside the stadium, and can you tell different types of fans, uh, mostly in England? Because Yes, are... yes. I, 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 there is two really opposite. It's a very, very loyal fan, independent of how the team plays or, or wins or lose. If you gave your maximum, they will respect you, they will wait for you, and they treat you like one of your own. Okay, that kind of loyal, proper supporter. Uh, and then there is the other one, which is the negative one. It doesn't matter what you do. Awesome. It's bad. It's bad. Because if you win, it's because you don't play well. And if you play well, it's because you don't win. And if you play 4-4-2, four, four, it's because you don't play 4-3. And if you go there, when you don't play with three defenders. Right? Well, why you don't play with the two strikes? That's a negative one. They always look for the negative thing, independently of what you do. Why? Normally, those ones are the ones that they don't like the code. So because they don't like the coach, there is a tendency also of the chairman. Bad, the chairman, the, the bad thing. So that's too extreme. But you don't imagine, Steven and Mariano, how impressive it is for the foreigners to come to England and to meet the, the unbelievable, 100% loyal, who recognize your effort. You only realize that you give your maximum, but you lost badly. And some people say, no, no worries. You try your best today. You know that kind of that the, the fans, they stay in the stadium because they want to clap you, even knowing it was a disaster, like a fine nil. But you play your role. And that for foreigners that we are used to the opposite, you love for nil, get it in the rest on quick because <laughs> you're going to get killed. The feeling is spectacular. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's out of this world. And that I, I think there's still many, many in England that have that kind of feeling. You give me your maximum and I respect you to the end. 
I go with you to the end. I go, you know, I go down with you if I, if I have to, because I know that that will be your maximum. And that's something for the players as well, that sometimes they are not clever enough, thinking that's a privilege. You know that you gave everything. You show that you gave everything. And, and, and that's what they're expecting from you. But that you opens up also the question, this type of, to other, other podcasts in other countries as well, where we can, we can link to up to see but the But that's the interesting the thing, is the culture, the cultural differences between culture. UK, Europe, South America, that the UK fans are more social fans, so they're not there just for the match. They're there for the pub. They're there for the chat. They're there for everything that comes with it, the bet. Whereas I think from stuff I've heard, stuff I've seen, Spain in particular, it's the game, it's the match, it's that whole thing. It's nothing else they don't do. They don't. So, you know, it's all focused on that game in that match. And it's just football, football, football. Whereas the UK culture is more, I see him, my mates, I see him every week. He goes back home to his family, I go back to my family. We don't talk to each other except on match days. And so America's a win. So America's a win. It's win. You win, you're a hero. You lose. It doesn't matter how you play. You Sooner lose. or later, you're going to get killed. Mm -hmm. It's a win. You win and people start stay on the pitch and jumping up and down. You lose, get in because very, very, very special, unique moment, minority moments that maybe they will recognize that you give your money. But, but again, 19. that reflects the countries as well, I think. Yes. So if you yes. see, if you look at football, that reflects what's happening in a country. It's definitely the way, you know, the rich and the poor is definitely football. You see the, the upper echelons of football the, down the bottom of that. Crime, yeah. the criminality that's coming back into football now through drugs and fighting, violence is coming back. It's a reflection of the UK society. It, again, if you look at South America, these are people that probably are probably put with a boot on the head. Yeah. All they have is Saturday, Sunday, where Saturday. they have the power. They carry the power. You don't do this. We tell you what to do. The ultra <laughs> is king. Sure. Except sure. Monday morning, they go back to the life. And that, yeah. that's the, that's where it is. Football reflects cultural and society of countries. Yeah, okay. Totally. Mariano, you were saying you had a question? It's about the fans also. Do, do, uh, Stephen didn't answer the question. Uh, what, other, what other type of fans do you see apart of these three? Well, I was, I was thinking of an example of a guy I used to work with who was a Brentford supporter. So when Brentford started rising, he was not happy because he wanted it to be kept the same. Small club, female friends, the social aspect of it. We don't want to get too big. We don't want all these fans, that, you know, the double scarf. We yeah, we don't scarf. want to be full. We don't want yeah, yes. yeah. We like, this is fine. We're happy. And I haven't seen him for a while. So I don't know what he's like now. They're in the Premier League and then the big Interesting. Stuff. Very interesting, that one. Very yeah, you have to find him. That's your mission now, find him and invite him for <laughs> But it's game. also the case with sort of a Wrexham or a Salford, uh, Gary Neville's team. When they did the BBC documentary, there was a lot of people like, we don't really want them here. We don't want their money. We're happy with it. We run it here. We do the Tombola. We do a raffle. We keep it going. We do everything ourselves. Then they come in and go, we'll keep it the same. Except, bang, here's this money. Here's this money. And it goes that you lose that sort of aspect to a club. And I, I guess being a Spurs sport, I'd, they'd always been in the top division. So I used to go to Brentford as a kid as well. So I know Brentford many years ago, what it was like uh, before they've sort of risen back up into the Premier League. No, me, no, no, no more, eh? no more supporters because we, we can go in exceptions. But I think those, those four, five, six is, is most of them without talking about the Barra Brava, no? No, well, that's, that's, uh, that's extreme. The stream. No, but, but there is, for example, me now, I'm working in Greece. Here they are very, very recognized, you know, and, and they go their own stand, and, uh, and that stand is going nowhere. It's not, no one, it's only for them. 
And there is a quantitative things that they do always together, the same way. And if it's controlled, I like it. When it gets out of control, it's dangerous. And, and that's something that it can uh, have a bad effect on, on, on what it is football that should be a family matter, no? I know it's difficult to have a line, how much of that, how much of control, but that, that's the main thing because if not, it goes out of hands and they become a problem and then you play without people like it's happening now in Greece. Yeah, it's interesting, the fanaticism in Greece and Turkey. Right, is that's just, it. it's yes, it's too much. I hope it doesn't get to that level, but I think it's time to start paying attention in England and to calm things down, you know, because slowly they started being some fights, not only in the, in the stand, outside, previous to match, after the match, people on the pitch. We don't want that because we want football to be like it was. I think when I play, it was spectacular. I mean, the, the control, it was spectacular. And the end of the 90s, beginning of 2000, I think until 2020, it was... But it was, what they did was keep it away from the stadium. That's the difference. Yeah. It didn't change. It still happened. It just kept it away from the stadium. But interestingly, I've been to St Stockholm derbies when I lived in Sweden. Um, I went to a few games there and the violence is just off the charts. It's so violent. It's they prepare to fight. Yeah, but it's... it's just, it's just uh, in a, you look around, you think, am I in the same country I live, live in? It's sort of like they're totally different people. It's just come obsessed yeah. and the alcohol kicks in, everything. And there's just people wanting to fight all the time. And I'm just like, my God. And I was like, I've, I've, been to, I've been in England watching games. I've never seen this. I've never had to think, fuck, on my life, I'm going to have to run it. And uh, <laughs> I, just, I just wonder, is it also just to ask you both on that, um, from uh, an, uh, Buenos Aires derby, is that how what is that like in no sense of going to a game because you go to north london derby you can go to whatever in the uk yes it's you know it's ugly at times and can be but it's it's controlled into by the police but you know is is uh a buenos aires derby a free-for-all what is that like because i say the stockholm derbies were quite rough mariano you will start with argentina well my my experience was more as a journalist at the time i was for a journalist and the two, three times I went to the stadium, I was covering not precisely football because my, my area, area of expertise was other stuff, was more TV. The, you sense the danger all the time. You, even even when when there are two fans that actually they call themselves friends, Newsol uh, Boys and Independiente. Well, I remember I was covering one of the many returns of Maradona. Uh, you just get into the stadium and going out of a stadium, you, you just sense danger. And I was and I, I and I was fairly well covered with the journalists. I was going with a car. I was having all the passes to access closer to the gates and everything was okay. But you you could sense it that that it was difficult. And then as a fan I went I went to Argentina qualifiers of Argentina match, which should be you, you would say that it would safe. be a safe thing. And I remember being there in 80,000 people where only fits 50,000. And I, I always break my knee because uh, I was my, my leg was trapped between one fan and another pushing on the... F oh, I, you could see. <laughs> and then I was 20 years old and I was strong enough to actually to actually make the back of the other guy hurt because I, I, won't, I wouldn't be flexing my leg just to get it, get it broken. But it is, you, you can see the danger. And then one, I was very, very still because I, I, I was Huracan fan and we were playing against Boca Junior. I was with a mate, with my mate Alejo, 
which uh, he's a Boca Junior fan and he got the ticket. So I was in the Boca Junior side. I'm basically like, I didn't scream the goals, but I put a smile and luckily we lost because if, if my green goes, uh, if my smile goes a bit bigger than, than, than it should, uh, probably I wouldn't be coming back home in one piece. <laughs> Look, and, uh, I think I think the problem with that is when it gets to a point that you you start not allowing the away fans to come to the games, and uh, that thing that I think in England never happened. It's still, it was always available, mm-hmm. no, the away fans. It's just less and, and less. And, and, yeah, but I think it's still nice to have a little bit because that that's the banter that we kind of lose. You know, it used to be fantastic. They used to have the, ho- the away be, yeah. end. They had the whole end at the other end. That, so three sides of home fans in the away end. That was when it was brilliant because then you would be backwards and forwards, chanting, everything. Now exactly. they're in a corner at the top. Newcastle was a joke. Yeah, the, the, the one in the corner, I think they started when the, the, the foreigner coaches, they, they came to, to England and, and they don't want the, the, the away fans behind one goal. And they started putting in the corner and then they put it up. And then, you know, you try to get him away. You give him the chance to be there, but you don't want him too close. You don't want too much support. So we are a little bit crazy with that uh, at the end because we don't understand how it worked in, in England. But now there is many, many countries and, 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 and it's happening more and more that the games they're playing without away fans. And, and I think that takes away plenty of things, you know. In El Clasico, uh, in El Clasico do they have away fans? Yes, they are really, really, but they are really, really at the top. And I mean, at the top. And the no camp, you cannot see. It's it's tremendous. And now in the new Bernabeu as well. It's quite controlled. I I think you can control it. I mean, I I was in one of the biggest derbies seeing what was happening with the fans because, I mean, the biggest derby I played was Spurs Arsenal when when, uh, Campbell came back to Wajalene for the first time. Oh my God, it was (laughs) tremendous. But the, the Newcastle Sunderland, I mean, it was immense. And the way that the police made that way into the stadium, how they hold the away fans in the stadium for one hour, but all that process, I think, is, is well organized. And yes, yeah, something can happen, but in general, you know, you got the rules. Uh, the problem is when they start having, you know, injuries or, or dead people, that, that goes the other side. Because I think that there is plenty of images, you know, the fans banter or taking the mic to the other that I think that's fantastic you know winning or losing no? because one day you win and one day you will lose so sooner or later you're going to get it but it's important that we have the control that, that's, the, that's the most difficult part for us being part of football as a players or coaches to convince the, pa- the fans to be passionate enough but there is a limit I know that the limit is the most difficult thing in football but I, I really enjoy when it's uh, one of the biggest changes of my life is coming from Spain to England and play every game full there is no better for the football player. So the questions for, for the fans, uh, for us as well to reflect, would be how much of the passion should remain passion? Because it's a matter of the heart. Violence is also a matter of the heart in, in many, many ways. Uh, it's like we get too hot-headed and too passionate about it. I remember playing myself between friends. One day I lost it and I started kicking everybody around. Uh, but, but Marino, Marino, that's a nice, it's a nice conversation. It's a nice conversation. Why you kick it? Why you kick it? Why you get retired? Yeah. So you got the punishment. Yeah. Okay. You're a football well, no, player. We all lost. We all yeah. lost it playing football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the highest level. Yeah. You lose it. You know, as Zidane is a better level than the World Cup final. No. And Zidane, Zidane lost it and headbutting uh, Materazzi in the chest. You can lose it, but you got the punishment. Punishment. 
The problem yeah. is when when you lose it, like uh, he was saying in that derby in Sweden, and nothing happened. And then you wait for the next derby, and it's the same. And that's wrong yeah. because that that's the limit that we need to control. Because that's why why we live in a society because there is certain rights that we have and certain freedom, but certain responsibilities. And, and you know, like so that's uh, the question. And, and to... football is no different. Yeah, and that's the question we, we, we are actually extending to, to the fans. I think we sum up very much everything. We'll start the dialogue. We are happy to receive your comments. We are happy to receive your emails asking us. We will be contacting you uh, to different podcast uh, supporters, groups, to see what you think ah, about it. Yeah. One more. And I maybe Stephen can answer or we can ask the fans. We got a, a way, I don't know if in Argentina you do, to call the fans that they change teams, you know, when they are rival. Like I said, you support Arsenal, and then you become a supporter of Tottenham. In Uruguay, we say pastelero. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if you do. In Argentina, you don't have a name for that. A veleta. Pas- paste- yeah. There's something that turns, you know, like... Okay. Uh, you turn. Panqueque. So, Panqueque. No, no, if somebody knows how you call apart from traitor, whatever insult they want, but is there a name for someone who changed from being a Brighton supporter to Crystal Palace? Arsenal to Tottenham, Newcastle to Sunderland, or the way around. I think Somebody it's a question. That it's a question that I think it's a question that Stephen is looking forward to ask Sol Campbell if he has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the interesting thing about players being supporters. So a lot of players, once they retire, they start saying who they support. Darren Bent played for Spurs; he's an Arsenal supporter. Johnny Jackson played for Spurs; an Arsenal supporter, and he makes a big thing and fuss about how funny it was when we'd lose and he'd be on the bus and he'd think it was funny, even though he's a player. So, but in terms of uh, that aspect, we always always get asked, would would I play for Arsenal as a Spurs supporter? Yeah. And I think you then have to put, yeah, would you play for Arsenal as a Spurs supporter? Would you play for Newcastle as a Sunderland supporter, vice versa? And so a lot of people wouldn't. But, you know, Gus, would you, as a footballer, or footballers, you know... Yeah. It's a good question. Look, how easy is it to do that? The, the, the problem is that the, depending on the moment that you are, you know, uh, depending on, on you as a person and you as a, as a fan, obviously I, I was not a supporter of Zaragoza, I was not a supporter of Chelsea, I was not a supporter of Spurs. So to say if I would play for Arsenal or something like that is, is very, very strange, especially depending on the treatment that you get. Because, okay, if you're a fanatic supporter, and, and that's a point, okay, fanatic, you know? Hmm. I think quite easy for that fanatic supporter to say no, never. And and I will understand. Okay, but we're talking about fanatic supporter. We are not talking about football player. It's different. And then it's how do you get treated? Because many of the players, I mean, I know it was funny the answer from from Mourinho, but you know when they said you said that you never you will never manage Spurs. He said, yeah, that was before I got sacked by Chelsea. So, <laughs> they sacked me. They don't want me where they want me to go. So it's tough. It's a difficult question. It's, I think we are not all the same. But from the fans' point of view, I think it's an easy question. The fanatic fan, it's an easy answer. You would say, no, I will never play for Arsenal. But uh, as a football player, it's, it's not that simple. As a family man, as a responsible of your kid's future, there's many things that's difficult. I told you, between Chelsea and, and Spurs, I, I didn't... I didn't Think for a minute that it was that rivality. I was a little bit naive, and I only realized after. And it's the truth because I, I'm calling myself naive, so I'm not going to say that so stupid. But uh, I didn't have the feeling that I had as a Spurs player with Arsenal. I didn't. When I was 
the Spurs, I realized what it means Arsenal to Spurs. And I, I wouldn't make a mistake being a Spurs player, I think, because it's tremendous. I mean, you, you have to get treated really, really, really bad from a Spurs to go to Arsenal. I don't know if the case of Campbell. I don't think so. I thought it was more a personal decision, like professional decision. Uh, but me, after having that feeling against Arsenal, it needs to be really bad. And now Chelsea and Spurs, I, like I said, for me, it was not that... I, did, I never felt that rivality like you do or like the fans they do until after, <laughs> to say. But listen, Carlo Cudicini, myself, Galas as well, no? Yeah, Galas uh, played for Arsenal as well. Galas. I mean, there is many, eh? There is, there is a lot. There used There's to be a lot. With him. Glenn. Before Abramovich. Yeah, both ways. Yeah, before Abramovich, yeah, there was a lot of movement between Tottenham and Chelsea. Arsenal and, and, and Chelsea that it was less than Ashley Cole and then oh, yeah, you know, Arsenal, there were a few as well. Arsenal and Chelsea sell each other players. It's all it's all against it's Spurs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do it. They just sell each other yeah. players. No, no, I, I think it's a good question to leave it with that. Will you play for your biggest rival? Let's see what they say, the fans. Thank you, guys. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Pleasure. See you next time. Bye bye. Cheers. See ya. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the series, leave a winning review or a five-star rating on the platform you're listening on. And do not forget to check our website at www.12asintheworld-man-academy.com and let us know what would you like to know. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, please email us to sponsors at the 12 manacademycom See you next time at the 12 Man Academy.